Hello, everybody. It's Friday night, and it is weekender time once more. Spring is gone, midsummer is here, and it's time to take you through a week's worth of all the best gaming news we can find you. On top of that, one lucky viewer will be in with a chance to win a copy of Escape from Stalingrad Z, the deluxe edition, a, a narrative adventure as you flee from Stalingrad in World War II. Uh, it contains everything you need to play, plus lovely miniatures for all the zombies, heroes, and creepy bosses that you may stumble across as you escape the city of the dead. Uh, to be able to chance to win, you need to be a subscriber to the channel and pop a comment below. If you can do all the rest of the good stuff on the social media thingies, then do that as well. You probably know them better than I. Otherwise, sit back and relax, because your summer starts here. Hello everybody and welcome to The Weekender. Ben and Justin are with me this week to have a little chat about all the tibbly-toppy things that we've seen that's caught our eye. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. There's been some corkers. They have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously we'll be discussing the most important thing in the world. How I've avoided going to Sweden for midsummer once again so they can't <laughs> kill me. They can't Sorry. push you off a cliff. <laughs> can't push you off a cliff, can't set me on fire. Uh, can't melt. All, all of that and so much more. Yeah, I, I imagine Jerry going anywhere warm. It's like untempered chocolate that just. Uh, it's it's pretty much like that. Yeah. Pretty much like that. But yeah, if you happen to be celebrating midsummer in the Scandinavia, enjoy yourselves. Try not to kill too many tourists. <laughs> I saw that. I, I saw that they actually allowed loads of people to go into the uh, oh, the sure ring around Stonehenge, Stonehenge and stuff again this time around, which is pretty. No, you you say allowed. I think if enough people turn up and go, yeah, we're doing this, they're like, well, crap. Well, that's true. I suppose. <laughs> It's it's always it, it's always been allowed. Well, one of the reasons yeah. that some mad fellow bought it, gave it to his wife, uh, and uh, it was done on the the grounds that people are allowed access to it for midsummer morning. Yeah. So they they always I don't know if it's like Newgrange where they have a lottery uh, because there's only so many people who can fit in Newgrange to see the the sausage <laughs> right. But you know, spending my my morning in a passage tomb. Not up there. It ranks up there with being pushed off a cliff in, in Sweden. It's not up there. <laughs> anyway. I'm just wondering which cliff in Sweden. Uh, Do they have like a specific one just for Gary? I, I think it depends on uh, on the village in question. I suppose <laughs> they all have their own executional cliff. Yeah. Ask Florence Pugh. That's what yeah. I need to say. <laughs> it, does, um, it does mean, however, spring is gone, which means mm-hmm. we are starting to look at the Spring Clean Challenge entries. So yes. we'll probably oh. look to do that next week, he said, maybe. Okay, depends, so, oh. depends how many they're already get through. So um, a week to prepare the chicken dinner. That type of thing. Uh, but yeah, if, you, if you've entered the Spring Clean Challenge uh, over on tabletop.com, then we will be looking at your work uh, and judging you. Oh. We're all about the judging. But uh, that's about the height of it, really. We should crack on with the show because there's a lot to get through. Yes, mm. indeed. And uh, we will be kicking off this week with the most important part of the show, which is, of course, the indie of the week. Which is Ooh. always Jerry's favorite bit. 
It is my favourite <laughs> bit. It's it's the bit that doesn't suck the most. We got to, we got to look at Nog in the Nog last week. What we what what could have been better? Which introduced How do we top a, it? Introduced a whole rake of people to Nog in the yeah. Nog who were unaware of the Nog's work. Uh, this week, hopefully, we'll be introducing a whole rake of people to Beowulf uh, because ah. we're going to be taking a look at Handiworks uh, and their. Library of games. Okay, so mm. not 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 the the crappy CGI movie. No, nobody's ever watched that. There's no there's it. no Ray Winston in this. No. no. <laughs> um, so Handiwork Games, uh, which is um, John Hodgson, who's a, a fantastic artist. Uh, he's worked for a ton of companies. Did uh, he was uh, art direction in chief for Cubicle Seven for a long time. So yeah, he did a lot of stuff on the Adventures in Middle Earth range yeah. and the one ring and stuff like that so, so. chief cat herder that type of thing um <laughs> but he's he's worked on uh, a whole host of games this is his own little company handiwork uh and it's um it's fairly stonking i think is the the best way to put it um there are four games that, that are rpg based that we'll we'll talk about the the main focus is going to be beowulf um because wow there's a lot going on with this so um, good. <laughs> now it is a 5e system don't let that put you off um you can run this with other rpgs so if you're you know uh, a rune quest fan or if you've got other generic sort of fantasy sort of stuff go nuts with it or historic pendragon maybe and actually it'd be really good to run with pendragon because then you've got uh lineages because you're you're always oh, yeah. you know developing yeah. your uh, your offspring so there's a lot of the fantasy elements um as we would think of them from 5e have sort of been not stripped out but ignored pushed them on side you know everybody in it is going to be human um as far as the heroes go and the followers uh but the the fascinating thing is it's a single player game so it's not solo it's a games master plus one yeah oh there are advanced rules, or not advanced rules, but there are rules for making it into other people. But the whole point of these epic sagas is you are a, a hero of daring do. Um, so when you think of things like the, the Beowulf tale, it's not Beowulf and 15 other heroes all clubbing some poor monster to death in the lair. It's Beowulf plus his followers slash crew um, mm. being picked off uh, and... Um, getting lamped for their troubles even wiglaf leaves him to it most of the time so. yeah well you, you would uh, it's best not to get involved with them um but there are obviously hero classes and and the like that um will be familiar to uh D players if you do play 5e and you want to use this as a basis for a different style of game like a, a, a one player narrative um obviously that is very much a possibility as well um because there's there's some fascinating stuff going on here. If I get to the contents page, this is a great way of doing it, of explaining what's going on here. I think this would be excellent for people who haven't role-played before, mm. but potentially want to, because a lot of RPG books, they, the rules are great, but they more or less work on the principle that everybody is some sort of bottled author who are going to craft a story right out of the gates <laughs> um, and for Ben, that's probably true. For the rest of us mere mortals, we need to find other ways to do it. And there's a lot of stuff in Beowulf that works like a really good toolkit. Um, 
so some of it is tables based, which I like. I love random tables. If I'm oh. given the opportunity to pick from a, a choice of things or roll randomly on a table, I will always roll. Yes, always roll for it. <laughs> random is the, is the spice of life. However, uh, you might be able to see there the adventure. Um, so this is a, like a 270 page supplement book to create Beowulf. And in the middle of it, the adventure runs from page 96 to 135. Uh, well, at least. Uh, Starts in 135, 138. Let's say, let's split the difference, 137. You've got 40 odd pages there of step by step how you tell your narrative story. So, beginning the adventure, uh, the preparations that you need to do, um, the, the meat hall and mystery. So, where the setting is. So, each part is there, which means you can sit down and you can plan out and have a structure. Uh, and it follows that sort of narrative structure of Beowulf and some of the other sagas. So it gives you a really good grounding on how you create a campaign or a story or an adventure, whatever you want to call it, for a new player. And if you're a new GM, that step-by-step guide is beyond gold in its value. Uh, I mean, you know, it it's just takes all the heavy lifting um, and sort of divides it up like that for you. So that's excellent day um obviously there's also things like the monsters and beastry section which includes a lot of um mythic and folkloric uh creatures from both uh germanic and anglo-saxon sort of myth scandinavian there's trolls in there so wherever where they first sort of crap as from, you'd expect as you I think, expect. I think that's my favorite word that jerry came up with was scandinavian <laughs> I, I didn't come up with it i my father would re- refer to it a Scandinavian, and years later, a friend went, "Where did that come from?" And I went, You've adopted, it. and he yeah. looked it up, and apparently, it's a naval thing. So, okay. <laughs> must have picked it up in the navy. Anyway, well, my favorite thing that I learned from Jerry that he apparently co-opted. Mm. Yeah, one of the things that I really like about it, when you mentioned it there, is that 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 thing for new people coming into a role-playing game. It's got the the basics of like the five E mechanics there, which are easy mm. enough to grasp for anybody, really. But if you're sitting down to like maybe your kid or like a teenager or something, or maybe a two teenagers, a brothers and sisters or whatever, mm. are like, oh man, role playing is really cool, but I can't get like a whole bunch of people to sit down and play it. One of the nice things about, and there's something that Handiwork have said themselves, is that it's just a great way to for you to almost constantly have something to do every week, <laughs> mm. sit down and go through an adventure. And because there's less pressure of you having to balance it for like three or four players or something like that, it's just you and the other person sitting at the table. I think it's a really fun way to do storytelling and to get back to that element of play that mm. I think sometimes you lose occasionally. And, you know, people do this kind of thing in in co-op games and survival games and stuff that they tell stories in with video games. So why not do that kind of thing with tabletop games on the table? Uh, oh, know, oh God, yeah. So, the, yeah. The other thing is because it's it's just two people playing, it's handy when you've got other games arranged and then somebody cancels. Yeah. You know, <laughs> as a backup, you know. X You're my Beowulf buddy. <laughs> I mean, kidnap is an option. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, another interesting little thing they, they sell is this card deck. I don't know if you've seen this. Um, but on the scroll work on the back, each of the gems um, is numbered. However, the entire deck of cards, those numbers are randomized and it can go, you know, one, three, three, four, one, or it might be only like there where you have one, two, four, or, you know, so there are different amounts and different 
iterations of numbers on the back. So you shuffle yeah. the cards, you place one face down, that tells you your story composition. And then um, they use an example here where they pull out this. So you don't flip over the card. That is your story. And it's a one, two, three, three, four. And then you flip over your first card and you read the one. So it's a lost treasure. And then two, it's a youth. Three, the sea. Three again, a hearth. And then four, a helmet. So your narrative adventure contains the hooks uh, of a lost treasure, the earth, a sea, a helmet. And That's a, so cool. And which means yeah. you can just go, well, well, right off what the bat, what's the treasure? It could be the helmet. Might not mm. be. It's up to you. Um, but that, again, not just for Beowulf, but for any RPG or any GM out there. Yeah. Random hook things like that are great. Well, it's something I was thinking listening to this is most RPG storylines have a, a similar similar beat to them. You know, go to place, find out find out about thing that needs killed up, make your way to thing that needs killed up, find smaller things along the way which you kill up anyway, and rob. Go kill the big thing. Go get loot. It's, uh, <laughs> it's it's certainly one way of doing it. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to bring up some of the PDFs. There are, um, or there is rather a free kit a free basic kit that you can go and download comes with a lot of stuff in it as and well. it comes with a lot of stuff <laughs> which is one of the reasons why i want to bring it up uh so uh, it's called the hermit sanctuary um and if you grab it from oops, let's do that um if you grab it from drive through rpg for the low low price of nothing at all you get a 63 page adventure I'm not going to go through this all because obviously if people decide they will want to run it for their friends, spoilers. spoilers. Um, but we'll start off with a, a few bits. Um, so first off is your hall for a hero, uh, which is just a, a little two table setup um, to generate where your mead hall is, where the adventure oh, either good. starts or takes place. <laughs> uh, and it's very, it's very Beowulf-esque in that yeah. there's a lot of, it, it's, noun adjective noun adjective type of thing going on you know so the hearth is huge I, I, can i go grab a d6 and just quickly roll through this uh, if you want yeah let's do it you need you need a, d, a d8 and a d4 as well yeah it's, it's, <laughs> it's already gone don't worry i'll i'll just i'll just set them out because we'll also need like d12 and d20 for the oh, next okay. page when we get yeah. to who's running it just because um, it will amuse me go on then you give me your d6 so okay. your hearth is four Narrow. Oh. Uh, six. Ruined a hall. Ruined hall. Uh, then it's a D4. Yep. Which So that'll be a two. Okay. Crowded, Crowded with. with. Uh, three. A kindly kin. Oh. And then a four. Famous for lacking in. Oh, sorry, <laughs> lacking in. So. Deus. Lacking in a... It. A warm welcome. Oh, well, not surprised when your uh, hall then. is falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> and then a five and a five. At the edge of the sea, surrounded by a great ditch and dike. Um, so, yes. So your people are friendly and warm to those that they know. It's very, mm. this is for local people. <laughs> then your ruler uh, could be a queen. Generous in her ways, a teller of tall tales. It's a really nice, Part quick way it. to build a baseline character. Yeah. 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 Because when you're traveling, 
uh, from place to place in your ship, you're going to run into all sorts of kings, mm. uh, all of little minor places. I mean, well, Ireland was full of them. And yeah. we, you know, every every um, town pretty much had a king. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've got that. I was going to say that's that's going to be really fun for because I I've got the One Ring and I play through the One Ring RPG mm. and in that you have the audience system where you meet people and you have to ingratiate yourself with them in order to you know gain favors and that sure. kind of thing. So having something like that would be really awesome for setting up uh, characters that you meet that you have to then sort of you know work with and stuff later on down the line. That's really cool. Yeah, you start off with your little Beowulf esque what. A far-flung isle, mist-mantled, rune-deep, surrounded by the wheel's way, a speck of footfall firmly set. It's Weird, so evocative. Unraveled, <laughs> blades bite dulled, fates weave woe and warp and weft. Uh, he's almost went off flighting. So, <laughs> it does explain if you don't know about Beowulf, it doesn't matter. This is essentially Bronze Age or, you know, sort of uh, Iron Age myth. Um, so you don't need to know about Anglo-Saxon um, to to do so. If you do, so much the better. It's a framework, really. Um, but if I get on a little bit, there's some interesting mechanics. There is a um, a portent that's laid down on the hero at the start, uh, and it uses um, what they call the inspiration wheel. I'm just going to throw forward there. There we go. Uh, so this you generate your tokens for this wheel that will be used throughout the the adventure at the start um and it's it, you can either buy like a, a neoprene one with like mdf or metal tokens to put on it which looks fantastic nice. or, or you can just print one out they have a, a printable version um but it's a wheel that's split in three and the tokens get dropped into either the player pool the GM or the follower, and your followers are like named NPCs who will help you out. So if you think things like um, uh, Neverwinter Nights, Baldur's Gate, those style of computer RPG, where even though you're the main character, you have a selection of followers that you can bring with you who are supplementary and support characters who can fight, who can heal, whatever. Same sort of idea here. Your followers should always be involved. It's not just you beating heads. Um, But also when you're doing that, you roll um, dice so that you roll 2d3, you'll generate an adjective, you'll do this twice, you go adjective noun, adjective noun, and that will tell you the portent for the the adventure. And then the color code will tell you whether those tokens go to the GM to give GM little buff or to your hero or your Amazing. followers. And then throughout the adventure, they can be spent. Um, so you can end up with things like a ruinous bearer, uh, worthy wisdom you know whatever it happens to be a little four word thing which you then tie back into your adventure so if portents were kind of like guess in irish myth um so you would have a something foretold at your birth uh so like you know don't don't kill the dog that bites you type of thing and it's not necessarily a curse if you if you maintain your guess then you know, good fortune will follow you. If you break it, then misfortune will occur. So sometimes they're they're viewed as sort of like as if you do this, you will die. It's not always the way, but these portents then sort of set up the tone for the adventure that's coming uh, as well. And if you can then tie back to the portent that was cast, the the runes that were were ruled when you set off, um, 
then you get a chance to uh, gain sort of bonuses. So when something happens, you go, well, the ancient wisdom that was foretold, I have discovered it within this this realm. Uh, you know, the, the book or the, the storyteller or whatever it was that comes to tell you about it, then you get bonuses. So it's, it's up to you. It's a very narrative-driven game, which makes a mm. lot of sense. Yeah, I just quickly rolled it. So I got an ancient hall with ruinous sh- shields. Oh, which makes sense for your decrepit that fits your hole, yeah, your yeah. decrepit hall that yeah. you're going to run into. Um, <laughs> there are a set of pre-generated <laughs> characters as well. I mean, we're all thinking it. Set of pre-generated <laughs> characters, um, which are quite nice because they've also made miniatures of these. Uh, oh, nice. Now, as they say themselves, you don't need to use miniatures in an RPG. However, if you choose to um, use miniatures, they have them available. They also do stuff for um, Foundry. Uh, oh, virtual tabletop. Virtual stuff, tabletop. Yeah. That's those are the words, mm-hmm. um, which means you've got. Uh, depending on how you role play, um, you've got options for all of them, really, which is always good. I feel. Uh, I'm just going to jump back to the, uh, the website itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Jerry role plays correctly. Yes. <laughs> One hundred percent. Yes, um, as you can see, there are accessories. So there are multiple. So they've released multiple PDFs, and then they've combined those uh, PDF adventures into a physical book. Uh, so the the uh, trials at the Twin Seas um, are one of these things. There's the inspiration tokens and and mat. If you don't want to just use the printout version, probably you know the metal the ones are so good. The metal ones. Oh, are I love the D twenties. Yeah. Very pretty. So it's all about the knob work. It's all about, I mean, like I say John's a, a fantastic artist. And so when they do actually make the physical components, it's it's right up there, even things mm. like the little compass rose. So just little things. I know some people will go, oh, completely unnecessary. And you're right, it is completely unnecessary. Yeah. But <laughs> when you start getting into games, you go, oh, I'd really like to have those. I mean, we enjoy way. our frippery. Yeah, yeah, those cards, I, I think, you, are worth the price of admission. I'll tell themselves. you what, I because, you know, summer summer holidays coming up, people are going to be going off on holiday, going camping, all that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Imagine sitting around a little a little barbecue or a fire, <clears throat> you know, when you're off on holiday. You've printed out the Hermit Sanctuary stuff or you've got it on your little, on like a pad mm-hmm. or something. And just sitting down and doing that would be so fun. Oh, God, yes. If you can find a meat hall to sit in as well, that's even better. But, well, that, uh, well, that is the way to go. I'm just thinking outdoors, fire pit, big bottle of mead. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So here are the miniatures. Um, they are available in two ways. As nature intended, cast in metal. <laughs> uh, as a full pack, including yeah. the uh, the pre-generated characters, the uh, monster. And they all They're match. really the, good sculpts as well. Yeah, actually. they all match the yeah. illustrations. They're also available as a, a set of STLs. Nice. Um, as well. So uh, if you do that printy thing then you can do yes, that as well print away. i will also say that otherworld did a uh beowulf and grendel miniature mm. um which was done with a license with jonathan green who did like a really fun choose your own adventure book so if you are looking for some, like an actual beowulf and an actual grendel you've got some options there as well which is really cool so yeah so as you can see if i bring up the uh beowulfy bit um age of heroes and Trial of the Twin Seas are out. King Beowulf is currently in progress. Hermit Sanctuary is the free stuff we were looking at there. And then you've got digital packs, the accessories, annuals, downloads. They do a 
a regularish podcast as well. Which they oh, do it's for made for podcasts, games. yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so yeah, there's a lot going on with Beowulf. Um, but before we, we vanish away from Handiworks, they have a lot of other things as well that I want to, I want to touch on because it would be terrible not to. Um, so first up is a state, uh, which is, ooh, hmm, how do you explain it? Not a prison. It's a like a mega city, right? It's definitely not a prison. You can't leave. <laughs> Nobody leaves once you're in. You're in for good. Um, I believe this is the second edition. The first edition, I don't think, was made by Handyworks, but they they brought it over and and sort of really. Uh, developed it. Um, it runs off the, oh, what's it? Fate of Blades, is that it? Oh, I can't remember. It says here somewhere. It's, oh, Forge in the Dark, that's it. Forge in For, the Dark. Forge right. in the Dark, which is the, yeah. the generic version um, of a D6-based game. Um, again, it's a very heroic style of thing, even though the game itself is, the game's difficult to define it cyberpunk meets dickens maybe. right okay yeah. you know everything was a bit grim and great you know people think victoriana but whenever you think victoriana it covers a wide space of the world and you know some of it was quite nice think dickensian everything's bleak everything's gray people are kept down children sounds are sounds cool yeah. you know um but then within this massive city state uh where you can explore various aspects of us you know uh, so so you're, you're free to do whatever you want in the city, but just not leave the city. Well, you know, <laughs> why would you leave the city? You don't have to worry about. Oh, they used Kensington as well. That's okay. Um, the uh, yeah, the it may be something small. You may have a, an adventure that's like a, a small little thing within your estate block building whatever it happens to be maybe you're just trying to make things better for the people around you you're you're the one with impetus and energy and and mm. you know the the ability to push and to do these things um you too can battle against cyber faking <laughs> that type of thing yeah <laughs> I, I mean and it's it's probably not a bad way to go to begin yeah. with i mean uh, honestly doing that in this world could be kind of a fun rpg session yeah that could be not that could be neat yeah, yeah. the the artwork throughout this is just the artwork sells the world i think and explains far better than words um so you can see that the city sort of grew up and develop and there are like ring canals that divide sections of the city but also are ways of moving and, and traveling throughout the the city itself of mm. of a state so um it's yeah it's interesting once it's also interesting that once again they use waterways to connect things uh in a very beowulfy style you know the water is not a, a barrier it's a means of connection I mean, um which looking which at the world really like these days Looking at the world, I kind of want to play like a sneak thiefy smuggler type that's just, mm -hmm. you know, taking cargo from one block to another. Uh, I mean, and Justin's made his character. It's probably, <laughs> probably possible. Yeah. Just, you know, don't get caught. I think, isn't that the way it goes? Um, uh, you know, you're only sorry when you get caught. That's well, true. that is very, very true. So, that's yes. That's really cool. Yeah. A, a mm -hmm. grim future world, uh, the, you know worthy of ex exploration i think mm. um the next pair are very interesting so silver road is a minimalist 
RPG. Okay. 24 pages. It was developed using AI. Oh. oh. Art, artwork and the like. Mm. So back in 2020, 2021, before people had heard of Midjourney, um, uh, he was using it. Uh, and it's um, Creepe, I think, is the, the way to go. So 24 pages. You use, I think, a single D6. You have like two things you're good at, two things you're badass. There's no sort of middle ground. You tell your stories narratively. There's no hit points when something hits you or damages you. You describe what's happened, why why this has crept in, um, where, the, where the wounds have been suffered, what's happened to you that way. Um, it's very much about storytelling, not about rolling dice. Uh, it's interesting that they used mid- Mid journey. Now they have subsequently since the, the the past couple of years when AI artwork has been scraping off things like nobody's business and they've been going, um, we're gonna replace artists. You don't need to be an artist, we can just we'll sell you access to our AI program. So from that initial beginning where John was going, this is something that we can use to make these weird and wacky things, um, which ha- it was part and parcel of the look of the game was the fact that it was sort of surreal, ethereal, ephemeral. Um, AI creations in there. Uh, subsequently, it's gone from the second edition onwards that they're going to use traditional artists again. It's not, it out, yeah. it's not like they didn't have access. I mean, he could have done it all himself. It was specifically at the time it was new and you could go in and play with this. And mm. it's like, oh, this is interesting and this is how this works. Uh, and then subsequently, it's gone the direction. Fascinating. The, the direction yeah. that the people running the AI have taken um, is, you know, terrible. They are terrible mm. people. So, Silver Road is, is sort of the main game, but again, very small, very light. Um, Mask Witches of Forgotten Doggerland. Again, I think this was AI-based. Uh, yeah, in fact, no, it was definitely AI-based. Um, this is a prehistoric RPG right. using the Silver Road sort of thing. So you are literally in a, a psychedelic, psychedelic mesolithic setting. setting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So before Doggerland slipped beneath the waves, um, there were weird things creeping around and the masked witches were the ones who protected the hunter-gatherers who were living in the, the cool. realm. Cool. Um, and it's it's absolute, well, yeah, it, it's it's psychedelic. It's a bit like that. Yeah, um, I was kind of thinking your character has that mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, well, don't, don't, bad I, kind. I, there is no bad kind if it keeps you alive. It's all protein. Um, <laughs> don't don't worry about it. But the mask witches themselves have, um, in the same way, you've got like two good, two bad things in Silver Road. You have like two amulets, two masks, and they give you certain abilities or attributes or ways of of defining your character and helping your you play. However. They're not tied to you. You could swap the masks with other party members, other, cool. other witches, which means that your identity slash um, personality is more fluid than being fixed solely to these these sort of things. I like um, that. Which is a really interesting concept. Again, very much on the narrative sort of kick of things. Um, you can see here some examples. Uh, and this, they used a mixture of of AI plus crafted models and materials to put together the the book, and you can see some quite wacky, horrifying, wacky stuff there. I like that they they seem to be very much 
champions of world building and mm. mood and setting which is really cool and very integral to sitting down for a role-playing game where you need a sense of escapism i, I to also like leave the, the tabletop and be in yeah. a new place kind of thing yeah i also like the fact that it apart from being mesolithic and weird there's also a 1970s version so there's there's 1970s doggerland within it which I think is told in flashbacks. So you are living possibly, you know, today, you know, if you're a kid in the seventies, you'd be in your forties or fifties now. Um, and then you tell, you tell the tales of what happened down by the beach near that Doggerland place cool. when you were a kid. Uh, anybody who's unaware of Scarfolk and Scarfolk Council um, should definitely look at uh, potentially picking up this um, to run in Scarfolk because it's already off the radar insane but trapped permanently in the 70s <laughs> once you hit december 31st 1979 it resets to january 1st 1970 and just does that again it's wow. a permanent decade of the 70s and i just think taking uh mask witches uh that 70s version and chucking it in there um would be interesting so, i love how everything looks like the cover for an album from yes. like the 80s or something <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah. I mean, to, to me, it's like someone during like the seventies has just written a children's novel, which is a horror mm. novel. But they're not saying it's a horror novel. But <laughs> I mean, all children's books in the old days were creepy horror novels. That's true. Um, yeah. Hello, it's, Brothers it's, Grimm. Yeah. yeah. It, oh well, yeah. It's, it's. You need. To, I I feel like there should be some Sigur Ross playing in the background whenever you oh, do anything God, yes. with this. <laughs> give, give me a touch of the old glossoli. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you get things like these, the uh, oh, insects. The, no, the spirits of the land. Don't worry, I don't think I don't think they can be defined as insects if they're bigger than an elephant. <laughs> um, but th this tells you a bit about the spirits of the land that people may. It just means they can eat Justin rather than um, just annoying him. That's <laughs> no. And then the naming of spirits is a big thing. Wow. Um, where you know that that sort of demonology, if you know the true name type. You can control it, kind of thing. Control yeah. it. I don't think it works the same way here. <laughs> right. I, I think there's a, a certain amount of if you know the true name, then all you're going to do is upset them. Um, especially if the true name is something a bit comical. Uh, as it says early on, lots of children get eaten by spirits because they've, you know, they know the name. The name sounds funny, like Mr. Poopy Bum. Going, that may be its true name. Don't laugh at it, though, because <laughs> <laughs> it will just rip you apart. Uh, so yeah, creepy, bizarre, very cool, strange. Mm. Um, I'm sensing a theme. Yeah, uh, all of their RPGs are like that. Mm. Um, we'll we'll sum it up in a second. I would just like to show the Forest Dragon by Rory Age Nine to give it its full title. Mm. Um, this is John's son. Brilliant. Um, it is a card game that has many expansions. Uh, the card game itself is exploring a forest. Uh, it's from two to as many players until the deck of cards runs out. So it's like every, <laughs> every, every, you start with 20 cards and for every new player, you add five cards. Uh, wow. And then you, you're, all you're doing is flipping cards and finding stuff to help you or finding monsters or um, finding equipment or occasionally like little quest givers. But all the artwork uh, was drawn by Rory and I think awesome. Rory's brother as well, whose name escapes me. So Rory's age nine, his brother, I think, was uh, five. So you get, like, you know, 
It's very simple. Ghost Who, milk. <laughs> whoever, whoever has the most points at the end wins. Right. thing and there's some stuff like monsters will end your go you it's like a push your luck mechanic game you can keep flipping cards until something happens that you will end your go or until you go no i'm good um some things will appear which will take your points away like a, a boggart may pop out uh and on the witch bottle does and the person to your well these are just points values so oh, okay. they're just things you find um but then you get things like the pie man or mother fox there's a squirrel Keep print. the pie man in your backpack <laughs> if yeah so the the everything goes to your backpack area which is the the bit in front of you yeah. the, the squirrel prints if you f finish the game with any nuts in your backpack uh, they're worth double the the points um <laughs> so but you, you know here you can see some of the evil creatures that you'll run into like the cursed crocodile knight or the wolf pig Wolf dangerous pig. wolf pig. I'm, I'm just gonna say the poison worm looks mildly suspicious <laughs> they're they're all great, all drawn by children, Justin. <laughs> so uh, that's just a fun. Clearly, game. Rory has been brought up right. That's right. I mean, it's a cool one. Yeah, mm. uh, and I just like the expansions. It's it's really a. I mean, John was, the, the, does a little ten minute playthrough video um, over on their YouTube channel, and he goes, uh, "You can work out who goes first. Uh, generally, it's going to be the youngest player uh, because they've got the greatest need to go first." <laughs> you're going, yeah, sure, why not? But it's Love it's it. it's so simple, just a, a little push your luck mechanic card game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall, handiwork. All of their games push narrative, push world building. Mm. Um, with a, a big uh, there's there are heroic characters. Obviously, when you're playing Beowulf, you are a hero, um, a state. You've got that sort of larger life heroic thing. But even in the likes of um, the Mask Witches and Silver Road. Um, it's it's probably not easy to die uh in some cases you know if you feel a role and because you're narrating how you're getting injured and or who's getting injured sometimes it doesn't have to be you um the onus is on you to tell the story so you're not just going checkbox wound one checkbox two wound yeah two. it's more you're of a like cooperative endeavor, endeavor kind of thing yeah. you know what's happened broken a leg how's that going to impact you well for the rest of this game is going to be splinted up and you're going to be slowed down and maybe not be able to climb walls or whatever mm. so new routes have to be chosen it's all about narrative storytelling nice. um and i for one approve totally on board yeah Very cool. so there we go handiwork games be there or be a rectangular thing what <laughs> right we shall take a break and come right back with the news Coming to you from the center of Northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that sh you love. It's the News. <laughs> okay, we're back and taking a look at the news. And mm. first off, Broadsword. <laughs> uh, don't tell me, is it back again? Oh yeah, so HeroQuest is getting its first like actual new expansion in a very long time. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, uh, a lot of people will know that uh, Hasbro and Avalon Hill bought back HeroQuest with its actual fancy legitimate version of the game, mm. <laughs> not the weird one, um, that uh, you could dive into. And they recreated the core game as well as a whole host of different expansion content for the game that came out back in the day. So if you were new to the game, you'd not played it back then, you could dive in and start 
di- oh, sort of delving into your mm. sort of dungeon questing adventures on the tabletop uh, with all the sort of classic mechanics and everything else, but with a whole host of new miniatures and updated art and all that kind of thing. But Rise of the Dread Moon is the first new expansion for HeroQuest in a long while uh, that will see you getting access to a brand new hero called the Knight uh, that is uh, shown there in little red miniature, as you can see. Uh, and you'll be trying to free Elethorn from the clutches of Zargorn, which sounds like a proper sword and sorcery mystery to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I get nostalgia is a huge thing, but is HeroQuest worth it to begin well, with? According to a lot of people who have played it, it's been really fun to play with their kids because it's simple, okay. easy to dive into and play with. And a lot of the time, these people have played HeroQuest back in the day and they've sort of cracked it out once again and sort of dive, sort of brought it back to the tabletop and had lots of fun. It's obviously not as in-depth, not as detailed as something like Gloomhaven or, you know, Dungeon Saga or something like that, but it's been definitely designed so it's, you can sort it's of It's an introductory... That kind of, yeah, an introductory okay. adventure. To, to yeah. dungeon delving. Yeah, so oh, yeah, it's never yeah. going to be. I can accept that. It's never going to be super involved and in depth because yeah. everything's relatively light. What I would say is, um, if you are planning on playing it with your kids, do yourself a favor and buy a set of average dice. Yes, um, for movement. And Make sure they don't roll a one. That, that way, you don't have to worry about one hero herring off around yeah. half the board because they've rolled multiple double sixes in a row and everybody yeah. else languishing in the first room. Yeah, average dice, that. average dice for movement, and then they have the combat dice for regular combat, so they're going to be swapping them anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just makes life easier for navigating. Yeah. But uh, so the game comes with obviously the miniature there for the the new knight here that you can use in the game. Uh, they have they've done previously sort of male and female versions of the different characters, but obviously because this is a heavily armored knight. You're not going to tell. You can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> it's it can be used for whichever gender you want to go for. But yes, there's also a whole host of other miniatures in the set as well. You've got your elven warriors, you've got your dread cultists, you've got spectres and dread wraiths and all the other awesome uh, sort of villainous foes that you're going to be coming up against. You've also got a new game tile that can be added to the baseboard alongside loads of additional 3D terrain for when you want to make things 2.5D, which is pretty cool as well. Um, and yeah. You're going to need to have the core game in order to play this, obviously, because yeah. um, there's not much else in there apart from that. <laughs> but it will give you a good sort of uh, sort of jumping off point for diving into more adventures in HeroQuest. As I say, loads of the existing expansions are out there right now. So if you want to go and sort of experience some of the tales told uh, in HeroQuest back in the day, you can do. Um, this is available to pre-order through Hasbro Pulse, but... There's also loads of other pre-orders available over on different web stores as well. And if it's anything like the stuff that came out for the sort of revamped HeroQuest, uh, you can sort of dive in and, uh, and and pick those up later on down the line as well, if you would prefer to do so. I, I wonder if they've um, avoided the problem the first time around, where they went, it's Hasbro Pulse, but if you're not in America, jog on. <laughs> Uh, well, I've already I've already heard that there's a bunch of retailers who are already accepting pre-orders for it. I okay. can't remember exactly where they are, so it's well worth checking, obviously. Um, but as I say, I know a lot of companies are selling I, I, the base yeah. version of HeroQuest anyway. I so. think the pushback yeah. against them would lead me to believe yes. that it would be very, very <laughs> stupid of them yeah. to do it like that a second time. Yeah. Um, well, you, never you say that. stupid, maybe they just don't care. So yeah, take your brave knight, make them how you see fit, and uh, go off on 10 quests to expand your hero quest adventures. Sounds very awesome. As someone who managed to get their hands on a copy of HeroQuest, the old one, for £2.50 from a charity store, 
winner. <laughs> right there. It doesn't uh, matter. I, the game I, is shallow. £2.50 is a, is a stocking <laughs> price. I am uh, definitely going to be having something like this. I think it could be really cool. As I say, a lot of people said it looks really nice. So, uh, yeah, definitely yeah. want to have a look at it. Cool. Mm. Right. Next up, the mm. Wadrun. Yeah. So, uh, forget being beach body ready. Uh, this is all about Wadroon summer. <laughs> Gotta get that to... warbot on. Yeah. <laughs> Muscles all the way. Uh, so this is Wadroon summer from the folks at Parabellum Wargames. They're making it a thing. Make it a hashtag. Uh, <laughs> this is celebrating a whole host of new miniatures for the Wadroon to be dropped into your games of conquest. At the core of this is the new Tontor, as you can see there. So another awesome dinosaur miniature. The beard is optional, just so you're aware. So you don't have to put the beard on if you don't want to. As a lot of people have already been like, I like the miniature, but I don't like the beard. Don't worry, you can take I, it off. <laughs> I mean, that's basically just a Savage Society RV. Uh, well, yes, I suppose, actually, yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, the big sort of bundle that you can sort of pre-order from the folks at Parabellum. It's kind of like their kind of in-house community crowdfunder type mm. thing. Uh, it comes with the big Tontor, as you can see there. You also get the Chieftain Tontor Rider leaping from the back uh, alongside uh, that sort of scenic base that is made using the hunting pack miniatures. And you also get a bunch of stickers because... If you are riding an ancient primeval RV, you need some stickers to put on the back of it. So put that's now all I can think of, Justin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair, fair. Um, as well as being able to get the Tontor, as you can see there, there's also just a standard version as well. So you'll be able to get the War Drum version, which is the, your kind of basic version mm -hmm. of the uh, the Tontor to use in your games. Uh, but who wouldn't want to go all out with your fantasy RV? Uh, yeah. Have fun with that. So, yeah, I like, very cool. like all the little teeny tiny dinos clinging yes. off it. Yes, it's That's very cool. Nice it's very it's nice for the um, uh, for the Wadroon. I mean, they already have some pretty awesome miniatures in their collection anyway with <laughs> the Apex Predator. And, yeah, but to have another big standout piece like this, especially at their scale, which is you know thirty five mil as well, this thing's going to tower mm. over the battlefield, which is I, always nice. I do like the alternate head mm. without the beard, where he's chomping on some uh, some foliage, some leafage. Mm. Yeah, some uh, Jurassic Jurassic Park style. <laughs> so if is. you too go over the cliff in your in your jeep, you can say hello to the tall necks. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so as well as them, there's also the uh, pre-orders for the Thunder Riders. Uh, so these are, as you might have imagined, shock cavalry. Yeah, they're going shocked. to be bundling. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Why the hats? Because the hats? they need to keep they the sun the off them. Yeah. So. You've got to keep the sun off your head. You get you, yeah. you would know that. If you go outside in this weather, you'd end up with a big red head on you. They don't want a big <laughs> red head. No, I don't burn, I bake. Yeah, there we go. Uh, but yeah, so this is the set of three Thunder Riders that you can get as your kind of base unit in the game. Again, I say they're going to be shock cavalry. Um, you can assemble them, as you can see there, or you can do them as like command variants. So if you wanted to have different versions of them, you can do. Mm. Um, this was also... Uh, this also came on the back of the art, new Artisan series miniature that was designed as well. Mm. Um, so they did the Thunder Chieftain, uh, which is the big new model as well, uh, that was up for pre-order last week, I believe. Um, so if you want someone to lead the way, you have another option there as well, which is quite nice. And the Artisan series miniatures from uh, Parabellum are, are gorgeous. They're essentially sort of alternative takes on stuff that already exists within the range, or someone 
they sort of get an artist in to sort of do something that looks kind of awesome, but sticks within the themes and feel of uh, the Conquest world as well. So, yeah, I'm, some lovely I'm, big painting projects to dive into. I'm 100% not looking at the Thunder Riders and the Tauntaun and the Army Builder at the moment. <laughs> very much doing that. 100% doing that. I, I'm, I'm guessing very vicious. 100 Kingdoms knights are not going to enjoy these. Uh, where are we? Trample 2, Brittle Impact 2. That's terrible because that just reduces all the defense mm-hmm. uh, impact four when they come in there so what, what? Uh, that's additional attacks on top of their five as standards oh there you go line breaker unstoppable and they can flank yeah thunder riders and the thunder chief are just going to be um making everybody cry Bad they're going to be they're going to be triceratop of the list Oh my God! The Tontor has sixteen attacks. A standard. <laughs> oh Jesus! March That's of the just Giants. from it walking. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Kicking. I mean, over. it just well, doesn't stop, so it just walks through. Yeah. It's certainly yeah. a way to do it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, if you're a Wadrin player, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're going to be in here. You're winning. Like nobody's business. I mean, they already have they already have the Raptor Riders, so they've got excellent light cav, fast cav. Um, but yeah, heavy impact cavalry to deal with not just the Hundred Kingdoms Knights. Uh, I think cataphracts yeah. have have appeared for the old Dominion yeah. recently. So yeah. Send them by I mean, Honestly, if I'm against spires, I'd even throw those into an abomination. Yeah. Oh well, and abominations are just tanks, they're not particularly vicious but they'll soon they'll soon learn their defense just isn't going to cut the mustard when they come in the end of those um, horns yeah okay. okay i'm going to stop looking at that army builder i'm going to close that because i don't need to add anything to, to cry. Madrid. <laughs> no, <laughs> sitting on two thousand points in Madrid already i'm not saying i won't add them i'm just saying yeah. not yeah, add I, them uh, immediately <laughs> right so uh moving away from shock cavalry mm. to a shock for the allies during world war ha. <laughs> Uh, we're looking at a new supplement for bolt action from the folks at uh, Warlord Games and obviously Osprey as well. Mm. Uh, so this is Italy Tough Gut, uh, which continues the campaign pushing up through uh, that lovely country mm. where the trains run on time uh, as the, the war continued into the latter stages of it. Uh, so this follows on from Soft Underbelly, which is what they thought was going to be the case when it came to attacking Italy, mm. uh, only to find out that they came up against some fierce competition uh, from both the uh, Italians and the Germans and the whole of the Axis in general, really. Uh, so this is going to be following the battles that sort of span from the Gustav line in 1944 through to the Gothic line in 1945. Uh, and as you can see there, yes, you are going to get a lovely pre-order model. Uh, so that lovely cig- cigarette-smoking, beer-drinking bear that carries your Watching! ammo is going to be there to fight alongside your Polish forces, which I think is very cool. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, carry that ammo up Monte Casino go 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 exactly yeah he's gonna uh, come as the pre-order bonus for this book at the moment obviously it'll come out separately as well but it, I, I think there's no reason not to get yourself a lovely bear to use in your army uh, and tell a little bit of a more of a weird world war story as well as it actually just being based in reality which is amazing the world war was weird yeah it was very weird um, in addition to that Warlord have also put together uh, a new sort of plastic set effectively for you to go and pick up which contains the italian alpini mountain troops uh they are some of the most elite italian fighting forces out there during world war ii uh, and they were experts at their craft um they were very hard to dislodge from the top of their mountains as they were fighting through them which is uh a, a bit of a shame really because then the germans decided to put them into battle on big flat plains 
right? Yeah, sure. Send the mountain experts to fight on a big flat plane against tanks. That's definitely going to work. 100%. Thankfully, they were that good at their job, they managed to escape with sort of reasonably minimal casualties, which is quite nice. So at least they managed to get out of that sticky situation that the Germans put them in. But there mm. we go. Uh, they they have that trademark feather in their hat, uh, which would be very nice for you to get painted up and add into your armies. So make sure to get your hands on some of those. And if you wanted to start blowing things up, uh, you also have a couple of additional artillery kits for you to drop into the game as well. So you've got kind of like a summery spring version, and then there's also a winter version of these. Um, you might be asking yourself, ah, these look like anti-aircraft guns. They are anti-aircraft guns, but also they are anti-everything. <laughs> they're the equally idiot. good. Yeah. yeah, they are. They are equally Big good. Big gun, shoot tank, must work good. Exactly. Yeah, they will punch holes through armor, flesh, buildings, aircraft, everything. As uh, as as Jerry was alluding to, this was uh, nicknamed anti-everything uh, by one soldier during the time. So yeah, <laughs> is that a plastic kit with metal? crew i will be able to tell you in one second if I we go is. yeah um because i know they've been doing the the alpine alpini troops are plastic at least so that's something you can have a look at here but um i think they're a mix of me- uh mix of both probably although yeah. i'm not sure they may even be looking down the warlord resin route uh i can't remember i'll try and find out uh, but, uh, no there it is plastic metal yeah so we go. metal crew with the plastic idiot mm. there we go so yeah and I still will mix the things for you mm. to playing around with there. And yeah, a good way for you to continue your campaigns. Maybe if you're diving into some more bolt action over the summer, this would be a good book to pick up and uh, dive into. So yeah. Tell you that. what, if you're putting an idiot on the table for a 28 mil slash 156 scale game, uh, it, it could well be the objective because my lord... I don't even know if we could hit you on a table that small. <laughs> <laughs> Degrees of difference, it's just going to be firing miles away. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it is essentially point blanking a tank. Mm. Yep. Well, I don't think tanks should be in bold action either. That's just me. It's a scarish game with infantry. We don't need tanks. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Use the idiot Sorry, as an objective. Sorry, John. Idiots, your objective, and then you're sending in people to knock it out so that you can allow air support or tanks to advance. That's how you play that game. Mm. Uh, but yeah, cracking models, really yeah. nice bits and pieces there, mm-hmm. especially for the Italians. Good to see them still getting new stuff. Yes. They're not all pushovers. They don't go in reverse. It's great. <laughs> very, very true. Um, yeah. Right. Speaking of grabbing stuff. Hunan. Mm. Yeah. Ah. So uh, Modifius are in the last couple of days of their grab them before they're gone sale uh, for their Conan role playing game line. Um, so a lot of people will know that they've had access to the Conan license for a long time. Uh, they've created loads and loads of different books um, based on Howard's work uh, that d- use the 2D20 system, which has been used for a range of their different role playing games as well. Um, and this is the last chance for you to get your hands on both the physical books, of which some still exist, but most of it is going to be available in PDF form. Uh, so if you wanted to get your hands on all of these, maybe you've missed out a particular book uh, and you just want to add it to your collection to complete it. This is a very good chance for you to get your hands on these because by the 30th of June, they will be gone. Um, so the what, entire is, is this essentially a fire sale? Pretty much, yes. Yeah, well, uh, they, so yeah, they don't have the license anymore. Yeah, it's moving so. on. So uh, this Fair. the sale can consists of everything that exists. Mm-hmm. So you've got the core rules, all of the supplements, game tiles, card decks, 
uh, and loads of other things in between. Uh, if you're looking to get your hands on something, Conan, this is a good opportunity to do so. You've still got until the 30th of June, so you could always try out the quick start sort of rules over the weekend uh, maybe play out a little bit of a campaign with your friends if you like it maybe then go in and pick up the digital rules for yourselves from that point on um as you say the the license is moving on uh, it's going to be going to monolith um who were the creators of the Conan oh, board game. game which is yeah. great fun uh so they're going to be taking the reins of the Conan role-playing game for the foreseeable future what shape that will take nobody's quite sure at the moment um i think it'd be cool for them to do it based on their own dice mechanics from the board game because that's a really cool system and mm. i think that'll be really nice mm. uh, although of course there is obviously the opportunity for them to do something with a 5e twist because that would be a nice way to sort of onboard people into things as well but uh, we or, shall see or use the new uh, orc license whatever well, yeah. yeah uh they they are good custodians of the conan license and they've made a lot of their board game stuff available to buy at retail now as well so i'm sure they're going to do an equally good job with the role-playing game in the near future but we shall see if you want to pick up some stuff from medivius make sure to do it now as i say you've got until the 30th of june to get your hands on those before they vanish there's your public service amount yeah half price (laughs) on the um on most of the pdfs at the moment although i see one or two there are oh no they're gone completely so yeah the physical the physical stuff went cheaper than knickers at dump stores (laughs) and they've gone up Nameless cults went from twenty five pound down to two pounds. Exactly. Wow. Because yeah. otherwise, otherwise they have to take it and destroy it. They, yeah. they can't leave it stockpiled somewhere for yeah. people to maybe pick up in the future. It just gets mulched. Mm. So at that point, some money is better than no money at all. So physical product probably gone. Mm. You may be lucky on one or two books, but all the PDF stuff's all half price, and there is a lot of it. Very much yes. so. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But yeah. Cool stuff there on you that You have front. about, what, roughly seven days to get mm. in? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Uh, you know, and with it being sort of RPG day this weekend, to yes. get an opportunity yeah. to sort of pick some stuff and give it a go. But there maybe, go. maybe. Yeah. That's the way to do this. <laughs> uh, right. There's also apparently something else happening this weekend. Uh, yeah, you know, that. there's RPG day, but then there's some other thing that's being released, Best I think. Or like the Grimdark future or something? I don't yeah, know. I, th- I yeah. think I've heard of it. They're by Games Design Workshop. Is that it? Yeah, G- something like GDW. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's well, a guy it, called it was... like... Well, it's a PG game, but not an RPG game. Uh-huh, yes. <laughs> uh, so Leviathan uh, is going to be launching this weekend, uh, which yep. is the uh, the sort of starter box, the big box game for one forty thousand tenth edition. But alongside that, they are going to be taking pre-orders for a whole host of additional content um, that'll help you get started in the game. So if you didn't want to get your hands on Leviathan or you just weren't able to, don't fear, because you'll be able to buy the core book, uh, which contains everything you need to know, including the uh, sort of all the lore and the background and things like that, up to date, as you might have imagined, for Warhammer 40,000. Uh, it comes in both the sort of regular version, as you can see there, or you can get your hands on the limited edition version of the game. Uh, so Ooh, it comes with the core book. Pretty. It is very pretty. Sure, that's cheap. <laughs> yeah. So oh, you've got the like core book, as book. you can see there. Uh, but then there's also that smaller booklet, which which takes out all the fluff, and it's literally just a gaming book. So it's just going to have all the core cool stuff that you can get online for free in there, which is mm. quite handy, I suppose. You also get all of those art prints, and then you get the objective markers as well, which are uh, designed for you to use on the tabletop, and it all comes in that slipcase. Um, as I say, this one's obviously going to be limited edition, so if you wanted to get your hands on that, you're going to have to be quick off the mark on the weekend uh, because things tend to fly away. Mm. Um, uh, I mean, I will say when Leviathan, the pre-orders went up, we were basically done by the end of the morning for yeah. copies, just going <laughs> yeah. And we have made the DPD guy and Royal Meal cry this week, which makes me happy. <laughs> and we're not done yet. 
Uh, yeah. Rather than sacrificing psychers to the emperor, it's sacrificing postmen to the delivery system. So, I mean, sorry, yeah. but uh, <laughs> they were not happy when they saw it. <laughs> even even the guy delivering our consignment was just like, I had to pack all of these myself, and I'm just like, okay, good job, thank you. We will, <laughs> we will help unload. Uh, there's also the new Crusade book that is available. Um, so if you want to play the more narrative version of um, uh, Warhammer Forty Thousand, where your your army sort of evolves and changes, and units can get upgrades and and scars and all that kind of thing, you've got options to pick up that both in a sort of standard and a limited edition version of that as well. Uh, there is already a PDF online that allows you to convert your old Crusade army into the new edition. However, they haven't made the actual Crusade rules themselves free, which I think is a little bit of a shame. But it would be nice to see that pop up since they've been making pretty much everything else free at the moment. Uh, but there we go. Um, there's also a couple of additional accessories that you can pick up as well this weekend. So there's the chapter approved mission deck. So this will be the main way that I imagine most people are going to be playing the game. Uh, it allows you to generate missions using a card deck. Uh, it was available in the Leviathan set. So if you already have that or you're getting it this weekend, there's no need to pick this up, obviously. Uh, but it comes with ways for you to set up your games how to set up objectives, secondary objectives, and everything else in between. Um, so that's going to be for you to pick up. And also, obviously, it's themed around the Leviathan season at the moment as well, so it'll all be very tyrannic and that kind of thing. Uh, but then, last of all, there's also going to be all of the index cards coming out as physical products. So they're not, interestingly, they're not being sold as individual packs, if you know what I mean. So you can't just buy the Adeptus Sororitas or the Leagues of Votan or the Grey Knights you have to buy a particular pack. So there's a Xenos pack, which will come with all of the Xenos factions, one for the Imperium, one for Space Marines, and then one for Chaos uh, Forces. And they come in at around the 13, 15 pound mark for all of those. It's not uh, bad. Which, which is not too bad, actually. Um, so you should do exactly what I'm doing with my friends. Uh, and we all collect Xenos races. So we've just decided to just buy that pack and then just split it because then it's like a fiver each. I mean, all the things you need, which is pretty cool. So, yeah. no lie, at that price point, I'd nearly just buy the lot. Well, yeah, a lot of people I know probably are going to do something similar to you, and they'll just buy every single one of those so that they can just play essentially with any army that they have in their collection indefinitely. Well, because it, it, it also means if you it. argue with your friends, you can actually just go, Oh, really? Well, I've got that card. Uh -huh. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I will also say that the 40k app is now available, the new one. It's essentially a glorified calculator, but there we go. Uh, it's not as easy to navigate as they could have made it. But, you know, I, I, I also spent 10 minutes trying to work out why I'd armed my Primaris Lieutenant wrong. Uh, yet to be told why, but there we go. Um, <laughs> uh, but that is available. That's, it's not a great thing in an app, really. No, I thought yeah. the whole point of these things was to make me and my yeah. pen and paper redundant. It, it, yeah, it tells you the housekeeping for you. Yeah, because it, it tells you what's it tells you that something's wrong, it but it doesn't, doesn't tell you what what's wrong and how to fix it. <laughs> so it's like, okay, sure. Oh, so I've armed him with a plasma pistol and a mastercrafted power sword, but why is it still telling me that he, it's wrong? He I probably know. still has his bolt gun. I bolt I've taken it off him. I've taken it off him, but it still says it's wrong. I don't Warhammer know app apparently is my old English teacher yeah. that would circle so. things in red that were incorrect, but wouldn't tell you why they were incorrect. Yeah. And so. then just leave you to sit back with, you know, yeah. a dictionary, a thesaurus, and anything else you could find to try and work out was it a grammatical error, was it the wrong word, is the wrong spelling. I don't know. Yeah. Was it A before E except after C, was oh, it? Yeah. But I, I would I would heartily recommend if you're diving into 10th edition 
picking up those physical cards because they will make things an absolute doddle uh, and very you just easy. stop there as well. You just yeah. buy the cards. Just buy the indexes and, and don't never buy a codex never ever buy again. A codex, and then that way you don't have to worry yeah. about the arms rush and, exactly. and um, power yeah. creep because you're yeah. all you and your friends level. could own an entire yeah. game for free from Games Workshop. Who would have thought well, about it, man? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the way to do it. Right. There we go. I think that's yeah. enough of the news. Mm. We shall take a break, and when we return. 3D printing and Kickstarters. Okay, we are back and we're ready to take a look at some 3D printing, mm. which I believe is the shiz. Yes, apparently. We have been told this many, many <laughs> well, times. Tell me. It is It is um, almost mandatory now, according to last week's XLBS as well. So, yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Sorry, Jerry. That's all right. I, I wasn't there. Well, the, the thing is, I'm like we can look at touch. it, but we can't make him do it. That's true. If I can't yeah. see it, can't hurt me. Yeah. Head in the sand. <laughs> mm. So, D&D is a woman. Discuss. Yes. What? Yeah, so um, this is, that's the name of the company uh, that we're going to be looking at today. So this is a uh, collection over on uh, Tribes through mini, my, uh, my Mini Factory. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it's all about creating awesome miniatures for you to use in your role-playing games themed around, as you might have guessed, ladies. Um, so, yeah, um, one of the things that I think a lot of people have probably realized is that there's quite a few role-playing miniatures out there but in most cases, a lot of them are guys. Hmm. They have sort of gone down the route of doing a lot more sort of different variations of, of characters over the last couple of years, obviously. Uh, but I think one of the nice things about this is that they've basically gone, what about if we try and make all of the classes and all of the sort of races lineages that we can, but as a sort of female miniatures effectively for you to use in your campaigns and that has essentially been what they've been doing for the last couple of months which i think is really awesome so you've got bards, you've got fighters you've got barbarians you've got all sorts of different races so you've got tabaxis orcs elves humans dwarves everything that you could think of uh, and Are in the standard gif i don't know actually i've not looked for gif we have to look for them uh, or do you pronounce it gif i don't know no, no I, I am my name is not gif gif <laughs> <Jif> yankee <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so they'd be doing a whole host of different miniatures for you to dive into and have fun with. Uh, they do the, what, you, what you'd imagine they do, where they create miniatures every month where you can go in and pick them up. But they've also been doing uh, individual hero packs that you can pick up alongside Bust and things like that. That's from a different little company there, but it's quite nice that they've been showcasing them, which is always nice to see. But as you can see, uh, you can pick up a whole collection of different miniatures in different forms. You can just buy them individually, as you can see, uh, or you can get them as busts, which is kind of awesome. I've always been very much the proponent of having uh, kind of your miniature and then a bust that kind of represents them that you could then use as an initiative marker on the tabletop so you could set that up and you could have one to represent like the creatures and then one to represent uh you know your character and then you could sort of move them around on the tabletop as you take an initiative i think that'd be really cool because it turns it into a game in of itself but yeah anyway <laughs> yeah so you can have a big sort of greek yeah, you can have a big fur, furry uh, sort of cow person bard, which I'm, is great. I'm very yeah. confused because the fur bug are Irish myth. Yeah. So this one's now <laughs> apparently Greek. Greek. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. And has clearly a, turned a turtle a, into a liar. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Tortoise shell harp. Yeah. So maybe this fur bug is actually chaotic in nature. We never know. But yeah. I, I Presumably it's some sort of race they've added into D&D. Uh, it's a total yeah. one, yes. Yeah. But a fur bog, yes, is a is a, an additional race they've added oh, into okay, D &D right. recently over the last couple of years. But yeah, 
Very cool. One of the characters in Critical Role in uh, Campaign 2 was a furbolg. So, yeah, I think it was a furbolg. Yeah, I think he was. I think Caduceus was a furbolg. Someone will definitely tell me in the comments below if I'm wrong, but there we go. But yeah, uh, as I say, loads of different heroes done uh, in a variety of different styles, covering lots of different sort of fringe races and, and lineages, things that you want to go down as well. So you've got your dragonborn in there, you've got your tieflings, you've got your tabaxis, everybody wants to be a cat, uh, and uh, a whole host of different things in between. So if you wanted to make orcs or elves and, and all that kind of stuff, you've got What's that. What's Oh, Kinu bird people. Yes, the Kenku. Yeah. So if oh, you too want okay. to be the worst kind of bird person with hands, with ha- oh. Oh, <laughs> the only reason I opened oh. it, Ben, is because I knew even God. before even before Justin spotted it, <laughs> I thought there's one to open. That's um, quite nice. Human wizard's yeah. quite nice. Yeah. So I mean, the, this isn't obviously a massively new thing. Yep. Um, you know, Annie from Bad Squido has been doing female miniatures yep. for a very, very long time, and has, has done loads of adventures that you could use across not just fantasy but sci-fi and post-apocalyptic and everything else in between. Even back in the day, um, Oathsworn did their own set of well, Jerry's found his favorite miniature. Uh, back in the day, Oathsworn did their own set of what they called sensible shoes miniatures. So yes. it was female dungeon delvers, which was really awesome. Uh, but it's also just nice to see a company that is very much focused on doing this kind of thing to kind of bring you know feminine characters to the tabletop for you to use in your games, especially covering a lot of different um, sort of races and classes that maybe would sit, as I say, on the fringe potentially here's the question then so from what they've made what do we think is the oddest one the oddest one oh yeah well from my mind the worst is the kenku yeah Yeah. it's nobody is playing guitar with hands dancing look at it silly terrible bird people (laughs) i mean i'm seeing a a turtle barbarian i quite like the turtle barbarian though i think that's pretty awesome uh i mean it makes sense because they've got natural armor to exactly. make up for the fact barbarians don't have armor, so many yeah, yeah. gaming the system. God, that's what that <laughs> is. Min-maxing turtles. That's Min-maxing what they turtles. Yeah. Uh, I quite like the Ironborn as well, the Ironborn Paladin, if you look down to the mm. right. Yeah, I yeah. that's really cool. So if you're wanting to try and do uh, one of the Warforged, you can do, which is quite nice, and uh, bring them to the tabletop. Powered by faith, but uh, still an automaton. Yeah. yeah. Clearly a terrible, terrible person, that Inquisitor. Dorothea, Dorothea is not the name of a, a nice Ooh, lady. I, I kind of want to see the the Goblin Warlock. The Goblin Warlock. Which one? Oh, there with the big hat. Yeah, to the right. Yeah, there you go. Cool. To the right. <gasps> There's even a centaur. <gasps> Need to open even the centaur. centaur. And the Aracoca as well. I should cocoa. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Very nice. The other thing that's quite quite, that's quite good about this as well is that they've done them. So you've got sort of uh, sort of younger characters, older characters, thin, sort of larger as well. They've kind of sort of gone through everything you could think of and created characters that would be very nice for a lot of people to dive yeah. into and create to sort of represent what they want to see on the tabletop, which is always yeah. good. So, yeah. Hello, Ben. Calling up a centre. You've got the two ribcage problem again. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Quite like yeah. that. Yeah. For me, the floating, the book. floating books, yeah. Yeah. holding I, them, reading them. And yeah. thankfully, she's got a squirrel to tell her to stop being such a complete racist scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not <laughs> murder everybody in the room just because they're not elves. Here's a question, Jerry: Are those books perhaps braille? Ooh. Oh, you're saying that's her seeing eye squirrel? Oh, yes, that'd be cool. There you go. Could be. Just don't take the support. Print it upside down, and whenever you clip <laughs> the supports off, just leave all the bumps on the pages. 
Oh, Boosh. Dear. Real book. Yeah. Uh, see? Yeah. I'm a problem solver, me. I like to think that the I like to think that the, the squirrel is actually the D and D character, and yeah. the wizard is simply the vessel for their actions. Oh, got, got an elf minion or an elf pet? Yeah, I can't yeah, remember what they're yeah. called when you've got characters. a familiar, a familiar, yeah. yes, elf familiar who just carries you know, stuff, backpack full of nuts. <laughs> well, I mean, they're born blind. Clearly, their parentage were some form of magic users, and went, "We yeah. are going to bind this small child squirrel to you." <laughs> What's the, the uh, changeling bard? Uh, it's a bard that's also a changeling. Okay. So, glad they've cleared the that dwarf, for you. The dwarf lady also has a beard. Bonus. Well, one does, one doesn't. The cleric didn't. Yeah. So clearly it's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. Yeah. You've got your Asimar as well. So you've got your heavenly bard. angelic creatures as well. So, yeah. That's a nice little set of um, sculpts as well. It really I really like that. Yeah. That is very pretty. It's one that I'd seen floating around on my mini for a while, but I'd never really had too much of a close look at. But it's nice to see that the you know they've got a very extensive range. Obviously, D and D is massive, so having something like this is great for people who want to try and represent their characters on the tabletop. But you could obviously just use these for skirmish games as well. Mm-hmm. There's obviously other games like Lasting Tales is one which is very hero focused, you know, cooperative and that kind of thing. So you could play games like that, Rangers of Shadow Deep, and everything else in between. Doesn't have to be for D and D either. Could be for Pathfinder or any of the other role playing games that exist out there too. So yeah, go and just, have a look the, at this. just the busts for a bit of a paint job. Yeah, it's, yeah. In some respects, the busts do lose a bit though. So mm. For example, there's the centaur bust. Yeah, it's like, is it a centaur? <laughs> Technically, yes, that yeah. is correct as a centaur bust. Yeah. But at the same time, any yeah, any, uh, any other uh, at which point being a bust, do you cut it off for the centaur? Is it the second rib cage? <laughs> I just, want to, I just yeah. want a pair of horse feet. <laughs> just horse <laughs> legs in the air. Coconuts. <laughs> a couple of coconuts kicking around. Yeah. yeah. But yeah uh, so some brilliant stuff there for, for D&D adventurers. So, yeah. Okay. Lovely little set of figures and some interesting painting possibilities as well. I, I yeah. may have to grab one or two of those because we have a, a new 12K 3D printer coming in that I mentioned last week. Mm. So, yeah, I want to see how it does with something like this. There we go. Yeah, take some, take something a little bit more detailed with all the sort of depth and grooves to it, like one of the Iron Forge potentially, and see how it deals with that. Well, my cool. thinking is to test that. I, I may grab a few from a few different three uh, D mm-hmm. printing is the shits that we've done over the years, mm-hmm. and see you know who's good and who's not. Because again, it's terrible. You, Come back and tell us the terrible ones only. <laughs> I, I I will maybe select like five. Five terrible ones. I'm sensing this could be an actual segment in the future where we do something where you actually see if, what your results are. If I follow are. through. Yeah, that could be cool. You've always got to follow through, Justin. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Don't disappoint the community. Yeah. Unless, of course, you're farting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jerry! So, it's not Friday the 13th, mate. We are going oh. to finish things off with a triptych of yes. starter yeah. uh, campaigns. So yeah. we're going to start with Eldfall Chronicles. The Northern Wind. I was going to say talking oh, of wind. Okay. <laughs> on point, on point. Nice segue. Uh, right. So this comes from uh, Free Company. Uh, we've looked at L4 Chronicles in the past. In fact, Jerry's actually done I, a uh, Let's I Play of the Game. Played so, it with Young Shabo. It did, yeah. Mm. Um, so this is an evolution of their game. Um, a lot of people kind of sort of look at this and it's I think it's something that we talked about back when they did their first Kickstarter kind of think of it as like Fantasy Infinity which is mm. a really cool way to think of it um, comes with beautiful model obviously um, but the game itself of Evil Chronicles can be played in a variety of different ways you can play it solo you can play it cooperatively you, you can play it in a standard versus mode that you'd expect from a tabletop game I mean, I mean, I mean. or 
you can go down the route of Northern Wind, where you turn the game into a dungeon crawler, which is mm. pretty awesome. So this is a kind of standalone expansion, an expandalone, I guess some people could call it, mm-hmm. uh, where you can pick up a, a collection of new heroes that could obviously just be used in the normal Elf Elf game if you wanted to, or you can take them on this dungeon delving quest where you are looking to uh, sort of save the world from a terrible only demonic threat. Um the uh, actual main campaign has a whole host of different sort of um, adventures for you to dive into that'll all sort of take you in different directions as you're sort of going through. So there's a branching narrative. They said there's kind of like three main storylines that you can follow. Mm-hmm. So even if you play it one time, you could come back with different characters and try and experience it again and see where it goes, which I think is quite nice. Uh, they've also been working on expansion content for this as well. So there's a couple of additional boxes you can pick up. There's one for the Blighted Rift Spawn, which sounds like an awesome pack, and it's got some very nice miniatures in it. Mm. And there's also one for the Goblin War Tribes as well. Uh, but as you can see, uh, it's a game, especially in this case with Northern Wind, which is very much focused on drawing on that kind of Asian mythology and Japanese folklore and stuff mm. uh, in order to create uh, an, an interesting opportunity for you to dive, to, dive into and, uh, and play I, the game. I, yeah. I know it's a stupid little detail, but seeing the start of your dungeon actually being a Tory gate is quite cool. Yeah, that is pretty nice. Yeah, it's giving me uh, kind of um, Ghosts of Tsushima vibes as well, mm. which is which is always nice. <laughs> but yeah, very cool, it's very fancy because the um, the standard game itself, where you, you play either versus or cooperatively, um, mm-hmm. and and creatures may come in and, and ruffle stomp you and poke you, but there are different factions there that have different. Um, let's say real world comparisons. Sort of like so you, an analog you, to them. You've yeah. got an analog through the Greeks, uh, through Japan, China, that sort of thing. Yeah, but they've, the decided to, they've decided to focus in on one specific area for the dungeon crawl, so they're bringing more of the detail of the world itself out, mm-hmm. which is nice. Yeah. Um, rather than trying to, I suppose. The standard idea would be, oh right, we've got a, we've got a game with four factions. Let's add another faction or another two factions through Kickstarter. Whereas they've gone, no, instead of of just layering another faction on and bloating the game, instead making a a different style of game within the world to yeah. sort of expand the 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 backstory and the the history of a specific area within it. Yeah, so that I'm on board with. It's it's, it's it's one of the things that's really nice. It. It's one of the things that's really nice about what free company have done with Eldfall is that it yeah. has the beautiful miniatures it has the fun and interesting game that is very different from a lot of other things that are out there at the moment but it also has that hugely in-depth lore <laughs> to the world yes like back when we t- looked at the first Kickstarter campaign I think we did a series of articles where we actually did like a little bit of a deep dive into all of that uh, and it was absolutely fascinating seeing sort of seeing what they've done and what they created and there is so much to read over on their website when it comes to looking into the story for this game um, so it's definitely Holy. not one of those where it's just shallow experience you know Holy Hanny, you get a lot and you're all in uh, yes mm. <laughs> um so yeah you can go for like a, a, a say basic you can go for a basic pledge which just gets you the northern wind or you can go for a, kind of like a big all-in deluxe one as well wow. which comes with pretty much everything you could ever need really for playing old four chronicles on the tabletop so yeah mm. very nice Great way of doing those, are those amazing demons. Oh, so they've got um, a very active Discord channel as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, where people are always talking about both the game mechanics, the meta, because the the tabletop miniature game is um, is very involved. It has that infinity idea where actions have reactions, so things can constantly be in motion, and how you choose to exploit 
your opponent's movement is is a key thing. Um, so that there's a lot of in-depth conversation goes on about that. But I, I love these mm. little goblin war drive. Drive looks cool. And the, the other thing then is, is yeah. I mean, this then obviously feeds back into the war game. So you've got a dungeon delver now where they're adding new monsters and the like, which means then they can be added to uh, yeah, the, the, main the, the main game mm -hmm. if you, you play that as well. So instead yeah. of just having gargoyles or colossus or whatever it happens to be coming at you, um, now you've got the option to throw goblins and bits and pieces up yeah. against people as well. There's a spanking lot of stuff in there. Yeah, definitely worth having a look at this one. Mm. Um, yeah. As I say, it, I think I think it actually works as a really good entry point into Elfall mm. because you're not diving because you're diving into something that is inherently a cooperative dungeon delving experience. You're working at something together, and obviously that you can play the norm, you can play the regular game in in that mode as well. But I love that this op this basically sets you up for a storytelling thing that will invite you into the world, tell you an interesting story, show you all the different miniatures, like a handful of them to begin with, uh, and then sort of guide you in. And then maybe from there, you'll sort of look at Elfall in more detail and, and play the actual game from there. So Yeah. I mean, the Deluxe is weighing at about 160, but even the core pledge, let's get away from that, because the early bird may be almost done by the time we go out. Um, 94 quid, so... Uh, a ton for the dungeon delve game mm -hmm. that's reasonable enough <laughs> yeah in this, in this day and age yeah yeah interesting and stuff lots of stuff unlocked mm -hmm. yeah plus presumably uh some of the heroes uh monsters and the like that cropped up from the game may be available in here as well mm. Because I see a Colossus is listed and I know there's one there he is in fact there yeah that's the Colossus <laughs> from the the original game and i think those are the elementals so so yeah the nice. earth and creature expansion from the game you can pick it up with a bit of a uh money off so what's that fifth off uh yeah roughly nice bish bash bosh and there's mm -hmm. the wayfarers warband oh the warbands are in here as well oh great okay i'm closing this now i'm moving away <laughs> um, we're not going to speak about this again i, I sense a disturbance <laughs> in the forest area are you okay um, I'm, I'm fine we're all fine here how are you I'm okay. I'm there, okay. there are 20 days left if you plan on getting involved yes. in the northern wind and it's mm -hmm. already massively funded mm -hmm. so yeah. good time so will be happy everyone else who jumps in is just going to get you more free stuff mm -hmm. yeah that pretty much so it. yeah uh moving on from a dungeon delver to another option for those adventurers looking to take to the tabletop uh this one's from loke battle mats we're getting a little bit of a preview of the kickstarter but it will be live when you're viewing this and checking it out on uh, on friday and stuff so mm -hmm. it's awesome uh, wow. at this exact moment but yeah so this is their immense dungeons digital maps for discerning game masters kickstarter uh it is a series of as you might have guessed by the uh, the title uh a collection of digital maps uh for you to use with your virtual tabletops whatever that might be using all of the amazing artwork and assets that have been designed by Loco over the last couple of years uh, and sort of developing it for so you can use them in your games like Roll20 and stuff like that for D&D &D and Pathfinder, everything else in between. Uh, they've designed a whole host of dungeons, caves, 
sewers. And then on top of all of that, there's a uh, selection of tokens and tiles, as you were seeing being used there in the video, that will allow you to customize things. Mm -hmm. So obviously one of the things with the load battle mats that you get normally physically, you can open the books up and you can use the little kind of like stickers on them so that you can stick them down and change Mm -hmm. things up with obviously that. This then allows you to do that in the digital realm as well, which is always nice. So you've got all of the classic artwork that they've designed and you can just use their standard setups if you want, or you could change things up and add bridges and torches and everything else in between. And all of it, again, as I say, has been designed so that it can be uh, used to create awesome digital tabletops, Mm -hmm. which a lot of people are playing at the moment. Uh, You know, a lot of people during the pandemic turned to playing role-playing games online and that has stuck around and a lot of people still do that. I know I still play a lot of role-playing games through Discord and things like that. So having something like this would be really good, especially if you're someone who's kind of grokked (laughs) Roll20 and all these different sort of uh, tabletop systems online. Uh, What's that? A question. Mm -hmm. So very important question. Are these pre-built maps or like sets of tiles you can then build together yourself? Both. Both? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Just... <laughs> Very important question for me. They're also coming in, um, when you get the files, you get the VTT files, plus you'll also yes. get the PNG files or awesome. whatever they're called. So if you happen to use things like uh, Photopea or Photoshop or Illustrator, uh, you can go in and amend things and add your own mm-hmm. distinctive parts to it. And cool. if you're not an arty farty type, then you can just go ahead and, and they made for you? Uh, I have no idea how it works. Upload them to the interwebs. Okay. Throw them at the cloud. <laughs> anyway. Um, you can also, they've also designed them to be like high print quality. So if you mm, want to print them yeah. and have them as physical um, elements on the tabletop, you can do that as well. That's but obviously cool. they've got their amazing selection of different books that you could play with if you really wanted to. Um, I think they've done like, I think they said it's like 24 dungeons, 12 caverns, 12 sewers, and mm. then like 12 other like mixed themes ones. All of them are high detail. As you saw, you mm. could zoom in and look at all the little bits and gribbly things. There's also, there as well. also uh, a bonus one. If you back in the first two days, the first 48 hours, there's the Tower of Raptors Morn. So now a <laughs> wizard's tower. Yeah. Um, so instead of dungeon delving, you're creeping your way up to the top Go to be off. exploded. Yeah. I did one of these towers once and we hit like the third level and it was just two massive dragon snakes just doing donuts <laughs> around it. So like we opened the door to that and it was like, mm, maybe not. Sounds very Neopogian. Yeah. It, it was a tower that belonged to Rakshasa. I'm not going back uh, in there. You can't make me. They're weird backwards thumbs. Yeah. Mum and dad um, is how he described them. It's not yeah. good. There is also, uh, included in this, there's a 5th edition adventure as well. Um, So if you wanted to dive into that, there's a little uh, quest you can play called Into the Depths, which obviously makes sense for a little bit of dungeon diving, so you can get that up as well. And there's also some free samples on there too, so if you wanted to look at these and see how they work within your own setting, so if you've set up a a VTT or Roll20 or whatever, uh, you can go and get those and sort of plug them in, see if they work for you, and if they do, come back and pick up the the, the files from the campaign. So yeah, very Cool. cool. It's very, very nice indeed. Very, very nice. Very as nice. anyone, as, as as many, many people in our community will attest, uh, who are all very sort of avid users of Loke, uh, it's a uh, awesome collection. Why, why make uh, a dungeon alphabet? So that you can spell out funky things for your yeah. players, because as they're exploring and they can't see, suddenly... So like, you're screwed. Yes. <laughs> that, that type of thing, yeah. 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 Why not do it that way? It's funny, I talked to Matt from Loke Matt um, last year. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that for himself, and he, I think he, his patron he runs is something like this as well, where the, he makes obscenely big dungeons for his own games. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just been a case that if people want to, you know, join him in this insanity, then 
then that was the way to do it. But Brilliant. They, they could never really yeah. print them out because they are obscenely big. Mm-hmm. There are things that he creates over weeks slash months slash years, and mm-hmm. they've just got to such a extent that th- there's no way of actually ever physically producing it. So I wonder if this is um, another way of them sort of exploring. An outlet. Uh, maybe. <laughs> you know, yeah, where, where you can essentially have, you know, 20 foot mat um designed but you know virtually because then at least it can be can be accessed and used Mm. there are 19 days left when this launches which should be tomorrow touch wood as i said there's there's some days left and it's probably funded so there we go yes (laughs) that's how that one goes but uh but since there's the early bird on it and it's it's launching today we thought we'd at least show that in case mm-hmm. that's the sort of thing you're after so then you yes. don't miss out an early bird by us waiting a week mm-hmm. uh, which is all good in the hood so now our last one mm. is escape from project riser mm. uh, the second in the paths unknown series um of the zombie tango oscar that's correct <laughs> There's a lot going on. Mm. I'm having to try and keep lots of things in my head because I got distracted by Marco going, we're doing a Draugr-based Viking one. And I've oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, that, I, I, I worked through the, the interview head. that went out last Monday, and it was just like, Viking Draugr, you say? <laughs> Please tell more. Yes. Like, right now. Yeah, very much so. Um, so if you're unaware of uh, Escape from Stalingrad Z, um, which is the prize for this week, if you, one lucky blighter gets their hands on it, Mm-hmm. Um, good times will be had by all. It is a narrative, uh, cooperative-based game where you escape from Stalingrad once things have gone very wrong and the dead have risen. Um, so the game itself is played through a spiral-bound book um, that every page is the both the adventure scenario and the map you play it on. So it's a, a map-based skirmish game uh riser expands the story takes you off into the mountains where uh germans had a hidden base uh and marco has decided the reason that this base was built and honeycombed through the tunnels of the mountain was because they were doing strange unusual experiments in there that they shouldn't have been um so once again another bunch of heroes who come from all manner of backgrounds both uh special forces sent in to you know deal with this um german mountain lab plus possibly some survivors from the uh german mountain lab who you know locked themselves in a cupboard somewhere when things went wrong uh, and even um local partisan fighters are all involved i love uh, this video by the way just oh yeah marco's <laughs> videos are, are great crack i mean um, I, ju- I think i just saw a zombie go through a wood chipper yeah. good time yep yeah. it's probably the best way uh there's some really weird and wacky stuff um paulo parente came on board um and started doing some of the concept art and design work for some of the the creatures in there that you'll see uh so there's a whole host of people including uh a cookery wielding uh gurkha as well just you know for sheer giggly shits um, <laughs> but uh, there's a bunch of, of stuff there are various ways you can get into the game um first off what i'll say is it is standalone you don't need to have or played um stalingrad mm. for this to be available to you you can pick up stalingrad now at retail or you can i think you can buy a copy of it in here as well if you want to go the whole hog um it is a narrative adventure so 
things tie together so you can play them in order however i do know that he said that one of the next games i think he's got six stories currently in writing development stage oh. one is north africa so africa corpse yeah. um well, what which, I think, which i think is a prequel the drive happens these, uh, these two are sequential the next one's a prequel and the next one is the ultimate sequel yeah oh. so so they are all going to be standalone and you can jump in, jump out or collect a lot and learn the whole story. And each one will add more to the, the world to tell you what's been happening. Um, but there are also different pledge levels. So you can go from the very basic print and play yourself at home um, to a travel set, which just has tokens, a few standees, uh, no dice or pens or anything else. You know, the, There's certain bits and pieces you have to provide yourself or print yourself uh, to get like a, a very tight, small little bundle. Uh, but the standard sort of box set you can see here uh, contains the all the book tokens, dice that you need, standees for the monsters, miniatures for the heroes. Uh, and that's the, the complete Project Riser. But if you want to go the whole hog, you can get the deluxe set, um, like the deluxe set we're offering for a winner for Stalingrad. It has miniatures to replace all of the standees. So everything gets to go in there. Um, Love it. But it's a, a fascinating little game with um, both narrative choices. So there's branching paths with it, within it, hence the paths unknown uh, name for the system. But you can go along, you make choices, you, you know, you might... You might hear crying, and following that crying may lead you to a little baby, but unfortunately it will also have attracted zombies. But your, you know, your choice is: do you just leave the little baby to die? Yes. As zombie munch food, or do you, you know, take it with you and try to find the baby zombies? Is the and, zombie. You know, no, no, no. Uh, there, they they, there they are, did that in Z Nation. It was creepy. There are a lot of things going on, but it's it's fascinating because then you've got replayability. There's also yeah. um, both a tabletop and a arena battle uh, rule set that you can just download for free off Raybox uh, Games website. So if you've got the the miniatures of the standees and you want to play a bit more PvP, just you know squad against squad or the arena where you you throw a couple of fighters into a pit and let them clash, uh, then that's doable as well. But yeah. you can see the the figures themselves are lovely. Till survives Stalingrad apparently. <laughs> Not my game. He didn't. <laughs> well i mean looking at this am i going crazy jerry or did i remember do i remember that it's also built for solo play yeah oh yeah it's 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 solo and cooperative so it's it's one to four players um but you're playing cooperatively okay. um i think there is a pvp version sort of stuck in there but really what you want what you're going to be doing is most of the time it's the exploration and the investigation it's it's a game of survival but you're also trying to work out what's going on what's happened um so you you make your way through in that respect um and then you've got things like the big alpha yeah carl that's the, that's the very palo parenti one there right there yeah and uh, the omega variant um so no, cool i, I mm. not only no but no <laughs> that that's the scientist went oops well, you know, clearly they had plans, and clearly those plans went horribly, horribly wrong. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, the the first game, barrel of laughs. I've been enjoying it. In fact, it may end up on camera because Shay asked me the other day, um, whenever I brought up the the prize, he went, uh, "What what's the crack? Uh, zombies, World War Two cooperative, set in Stalingrad. It's good. Can we play it?" Like, yes, you basically yes, ticked all of Shay's buttons. I mean, really, I, really I will say, Jerry, count me in. 
And if Mark Lewis yeah. coming over or sending this one over for us to have a blat at, definitely mm. I'm in. Mm. He probably won't be sending one over because I'll, I'll just buy it like I did the last one. So, <laughs> you know, it's just how that one goes. The reason we have a a copy for a prize this week is he accidentally sent me a second copy because <laughs> he sent me one in advance um, to thank me. Right, I'll send you a copy, Air Freight. We'll ship that over so you get it first. I'm going, that's great. And then he didn't take my name off the mailing list. They sent a second copy. It's like, well, Marco, I've got a second one. I'm going to stick it up as a prize. Oh, fair enough. Marco's a great person. You're not having it back. (laughs) Well, I mean, someone out there in uh, TV land is going to get themselves Mm. a wonderful little prize. I mean, a lot lot of people love kind of weird World world War stuff. They love the Wolfenstein and, and, you know, cod zombie style things and that kind of thing so this is perfect for that and because it's again a little bit like what we're saying it's got the solo cooperative thing in it it's one of those things that is going to be great for people to sit down and like win or lose together which i think is always nice so yeah Yeah. or if your mate doesn't turn up for a game just sit down and play play so so you've got staggered so you've got a game organized somebody doesn't show up so there's just two of you who play beowulf yes if nobody shows up and you're just there billy no mates then you play escape from stalingrad or yes. project riser <laughs> and if they turn up late you just hand them a couple of character sheet, yeah. sheets from uh, escape from stalingrad yeah. just plow on yeah. that way right yeah. there are 14 days two weeks left um if you want to get involved in project riser uh now's the time yeah if you're very lucky you could win Stalingrad. If you're not, you can add it to your pledge. Bingo, bongo. Jobs there big. we go. Mm-hmm. So winner, winner. Everybody's happy. I'm happy because mm-hmm. it may get me more stretch goals. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, we are going to shoot the crew and leave you for a few days. We'll return on Sunday morning for the XLBS, where our Cult of Games members can join us over on tabletop.com for a gentle meander through our hobby and theirs. Uh, Otherwise, we shall return next Friday in this damnable heat for more of the same. (laughs) Until then, have a great week of gaming. Bye-bye. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.